And we're live. What's going on, everybody? Ooh, let me put this little thing over here so you know what you're watching today. It is the Just Gonna Say It podcast that we record live on YouTube every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. I hope you all are having a great afternoon. Hope you had a good uh, holiday week. I actually took the entire week off and went to the Florida Keys, and it was fantastic. Well, I took the entire week off except for all of the live streams that I did because we still kind of had to do some stuff. Um, the YouTubes can never really stop, so those always have to keep going. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the kind of the quick update. The Florida Keys were weird. Uh, there's no beach, really, in the Florida Keys. It's kind of weird. I didn't know that. Um, and we're beach people, so that was a little bit of a weird deal. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh... Florida's still Florida. Like, no matter what kind of lipstick you put on it, um, Florida's still Florida, even in the Keys. Like, the water's pretty, but it's still Florida. So it's a, it's an interesting place, uh, interesting mix of places. So, you know, yeah. Uh, a couple things. If you have guitar questions, put them in the comments. Put a bunch of... Uh, question marks in front of them, or use a super chat so I can try to, well, if you use a super chat, I'll definitely see it because it pops up on my screen. Uh, if you don't use a super chat and you put a bunch of question marks in front of your question, I'll try to see it. Uh, but I do these by myself. I don't have Leslie's help like I do on Thursday. So there you go. Uh, you saw the thumbnail. Um, I want to know. I was thinking about this. I was actually watching just actually just before we went live, kind of to this conversation. Um, I've been thinking about um, kind of trying to understand this is probably a impossibility, but trying to understand guitar players better, right? Like, um, and, and what, what you want, what I want, what we want as guitar players and I feel like um, because of, well, you know, just general economics, a lot of times we get a little kind of pigeonholed into, well, I'm, I'm going to play this Squire Telly for the rest of my life, or I'm going to buy this cheap guitar, or I'm going to. But what aspirationally, if you could just say, you know what, I want this is the rig that I want. And you started saving for it today and it took you 10 years to get it. Doesn't matter. Or next year or next month. Doesn't matter. So budget is not a thing. Economics is not a thing. I'm just talking about the pure aspirational um, nature of enjoying a hobby. Um, what is that? What is your thing? And I, the reason I mention it is because guitar is interesting. I've been, of course, I've been pretty neck deep in other hobbies. Uh, you know, the, the the knife thing is is a thing for me, and mountain bikes, all that stuff. And in those other hobbies, nobody, when you're really in it, when you really love it. Nobody really talks about money. Nobody talks about for the money. Nobody talks about, um, they just dream. You know, they just dream. Like, it's like, uh, if, you know, what is on your list of knives? Everybody wants a Chris Reeves Savenza. Everybody wants a Spartan Harsey Folder is on my list right now. Uh, if I could have any mountain bike right now, it would probably be a... Salsa Spearfish, although I have had one of those in the past, so that's not really dreaming. Um, but it's, you know, 1500 bucks more than what I've got now, so it's stepping up for me. And I don't say, well, this one is, this Squire version of that is just as good. I just dream about the next cool thing. So what is, why does that happen in guitar stuff? Why, let's, so, so, for the next few minutes, let's just dream. I want to know what you're into and what you want to do. We got a super chat from Scott Dreyfus. How long is the Black Friday sale going to go on? I need 
to snag a set of gold single coils for the 40th telly. They, that sale is over. It was over last night at midnight. Thank you for the super chat, sir. Um, yeah, and I think, I, I think it's a, I've been trying to think about what, how, hmm, I've been really focusing on the content that we make for this channel being more positive to all, well, on all fronts, but really trying to figure out, okay, where does that come from? Like, why do we, why are we so negative about budget as guitar players? Because it seems like one of the only hobbies where it's like that. Um, you know, it's RC cars is the same thing. RC cars, like, um, there's the people that try to buy all the bang good stuff and they think it's cool and they have fun doing it and that's fine. But most people are like, I'm going to save up and buy a $700 RC car and nobody cares. They just do it. So it's interesting. So I'm just kind of curious to see what you think. Uh, let's see. I want to sound like Chet Atkins, Jerry Reed, and Roy Clark all into one. But I always sound like me. There you go. Uh, that's cool. Desert Island Rig would be some kind of high-end concert-grade classical guitar. Well, that's very cool and very interesting. Also not very good for Desert Islands because you would probably have to worry about the humidity control a little bit on that, wouldn't you? Um, just enjoying your pickups in my Strat through the Duke of Tone pedal I got from you. Oh, awesome. I'm glad you dig that thing. It's a really good pedal. I just didn't personally have a use for it. That's really cool. Um, Custom Shop 65 Strat with a Stapleton Princeton. See, now you're talking my language. Just a Princeton and a good guitar. I dig that. Um, you would shoot, Brian would shoot for a private stock PRS. All right, so we're dreaming. I mean, a private stock PRS could be 12 or 15 grand, right? So not attainable for most people for at least a while. That would take some saving up to do and some dedication to that to make that happen. But you're not afraid to dream about it and you're not afraid to think it's cool and learn about it, and you probably know a bunch of stuff about it, and have watched YouTube videos about it, and you know what I mean? Like, that's really cool. I really, really like that. Um, I really like that. Let's see, what else we got here? My thing is to have everything. I get, oh, I get that. So you want to have one of everything. That makes sense to me too. That makes sense to me too. Um, yeah, I totally get it. I'm still on my first guitar. I'm saving for a Gibson 70s Cherry Burst Les Paul where I can swap in Dylan's P90s. I also want a black panel baseman. Uh, AB165 and a high watt DR103 to go with my Zilla 212s. See, you have a very specific list. I think that's really cool. And you're actually saving for a Les Paul. And my guess is you've not had a conversation with yourself about Les Pauls aren't worth it. You should just get a whatever. Like, you're just dreaming. I don't have a Les Paul. That is probably one of the guitars that's on my shortest about to get one list. I'm I'm slowing down on the guitar thing because I bought a lot of guitars this year. And a lot of them were for work. So, you know, most of them are going away. You know, we're, they're part of projects and videos and stuff. Most of those guitars you, that you see here, I don't keep. But I did buy a couple of guitars that were not cheap this year. And one of them was, let's see, the PRS Fiore. I, I bought that this year. I bought, ah, uh, what else? Um, oh, and I bought my acoustic, my Gibson G-Hole acoustic. And I really, 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 really love that guitar. I really love that guitar a lot. And so I've been playing both of those quite a bit. Can you make a P90 in a single coil size? 
Yeah, so we have right here, where is one? I'm making a bunch of these today. Oh, I shipped a bunch this morning. So here is, this is a telly version. If you can see this, see how there's no magnets? It's like a tube. So you put the screw poles through this bobbin. See how the bobbin has some tubes instead of some magnets? So then the screw poles go through the, the top of the bobbin and then the magnets get glued to the bottom of the bobbin. And then you have a P90-ish in a single coil. Will it sound exactly like a P90? No, it will not, and here's why. Because this is a bobbin for a P90, and it is quarter inch tall and super wide and flat. Um, and you can't fit the same amount of, the, the coil dimensions are different. So they'll sound a little bit different, but we can lean a single coil a lot more towards a P90 by doing this. And if anybody's in the comments has these pickups, these single coil size P90s for me, I know there's some of you that do that are in the comments. Um, just put your input into the comments for him, um, for Scott, to ask to, to let him know what you think of them, because they're fun. They're really fun. They're super edgy sounding. Um, they cut a lot more than a regular single coil. Uh, you will stick out in a mix for sure, and uh, they really, really work. Ooh, a Custom Shop Telly and a Tone King Imperial. That's the jam. I like that a lot. Oh, we got another super chat. Sorry, I was trying to read through the comments here. From Murphy's Flab, just finished my man cave. I lined the wall with all my Les Pauls. It's my space and cocoon, dude. I want to come over to your space. Well, it's your space, so you would have to invite me. I would not invite myself. But that's very cool. Uh, I dig I dig the idea of that. I dig the idea of that a lot. Um, those Tele P90s are fantastic. I just ordered another set during the Black Friday sale. Oh, yeah, actually, Rob, the bobbins that I held up, are, these are your bobbins. I'm going to wind them tomorrow. Uh, yep. So, or maybe those are going to get wound tonight. I'm not really sure. You got to run the G-hole through the horse meat. So, okay. So I was going to tell you guys about that. So um, PRS sent me this week, and we can talk about these a little bit. I'm not going to give you like a whole review or anything. So I've got the PRS horse meat. I've actually changed the name. It's not called the horse meat. It's called the PRS IKEA meatball. That's what I'm calling it. And um, dumb name, fantastic pedal. I'll tell you right now that the video about these pedals is going to be a series of three pedals, or three videos. And it's going to be called The Name is Dumb, But the Pedal is Good, Part 1, Part 2, and Part 3. Because let me tell you, these things are amazing. Um, they're really good. They're really good. I like this. It's not a clone. So just get that out of your head right now. It's it it does clone-ish things, but it's not a clone. You see where the knob is right there? Here. Let me get out of my come on. Focus, focus, focus. Okay, see where the, the gain knob is? Very, very low, right? That's probably as much gain as a clon usually has. And you still have all this to go. Uh, this thing has way more gain than a clon. And it's really, really fun. And it's really easy to get a bunch of different sounds with the treble and the bass and the voice with this thing. It's real cool. I really like it. Um, I want to spend some more time playing it into a higher wattage clean amp. I've been playing it through my Princeton, and it's really, really fun, but you can't get any... That's probably why it's kind of gainy, because the Princeton is just so low wattage that it just hits it so hard, you know? But, and I've been playing it with P90s and with humbuckers, so I'm going to play it... I want to play it a little cleaner and see if I can get that nice clon boostiness. So I've not fully experimented with all of the kind of iterations of how you would use it, but it's real, real good. Um, I, I'm very impressed with it. I really like it a lot. It's, it's really cool. Um, 
Then we have the Wind Through the Trees. I have not renamed this pedal yet. Uh, I've only renamed the IKEA Meatball. Um, so I might be taking... Um, I don't know what this is going to be. This might just be called the Pew Pew because it's a... Oh, no, it's a flanger, not a phaser. I don't know. Well, we'll have to think about it. I'm not really sure. And then um, the Merry Cries, which is the dumbest name for a compressor. But um, it's also very good. Very, very good pedal. They're, they're all really good. Um, I'm, I'm really impressed with them. They're, they're good. They're made in the United States. I think, um, what's his face? Makes them. Um, anyway, the, the name will hit me and then I'll be able to tell you. Um, the wind through my jeans. That's nice. Somebody's favorite rig is a seven string. Dude, that's very cool. I don't know anybody that says their favorite thing is a seven string. The IKEA meatballs are made from the ground up furniture that doesn't sell. Are you sure? Because I think, well, anyway, I won't get into the, I won't get into that. But yeah, I think the horse meat should be called the IKEA meatball because that's, What do you think about an HSS Strat with a single in the neck, a P90 wound single in the middle, and a humbucker in the bridge? That's a lot of pickup for that guitar, and I think it you would not use it the way you anticipated using it. I think the idea sounds awesome because it's wacky, but I think in practical terms, it's something you probably wouldn't use as much as you think. John Cusack, thank you. Yes, Cusack pedals. That's right, John Cusack. I, I knew that, and I was trying to, I was like, I, I, his face, literally his face, I've met him a bunch of times. His face was right here, and I couldn't think of his name. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I think putting that much pickup in a Strat would be very... Uh, kind of overkill and it would lean on sounds that in theory sound cool but you, I don't think you would actually ever use it you could try it. I mean I would do it for you you know I just want a few guitars that I really like so that others can have what they really like we're all into something a little different exactly isn't that cool thank you and continue to spread that through the guitar community. That's what I'm trying to do lately. Uh, Desert Island Rig means no power, so I'll take my resonator. Ooh, slow burn. Unless, unless you have one of those, um, oh, hang on, actually. I see your point. However, what if you had one of those little battery things with a solar panel? That charges every day in the sun. Desert island, gonna be a lot of sun. And then you could have something like this. Ooh, but it wouldn't have the cool Dylan Talks tone logo on the grill cloth. So remember we said that um, in our news a couple weeks ago that Positive Grid is gonna start doing the custom grill cloth so you could upload a graphic or whatever and have it made. So I had mine made, and here it is. Um, it is not as nice as it's not as nice hang on I'll show you yes I just pried with a knife but that knife can take it I promise so it's actually just one of their regular brown grills that's been like mass-produced printed on the front so it's not um, like woven or anything so it's 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 good but it's not great and I would imagine here let's see yeah you could scrape it off because it's just printed on the front so 
don't be super disappointed when you get it for $25 with your logo on the front and it's not like totally perfect. Um, but I thought, you know, for 25 bucks, it's cool and we use it a lot in videos and stuff, so I might as well put my logo on it. So, because I use this thing all the time. A lot, a lot, a lot. So, anyway, there you go. This, with a solar panel thing and a battery, and you could have a desert island rig that has all the things. Some headphones. Bam. Your seven string has a high A string. Really? That's very interesting. Only one guitar? Ernie Ball Majesty. Wow, that's all right. I dig that a lot. Um, don't pickups need to be relatively balanced voicing with each other? Um, I mean, no pickup is really balanced with the other one. Um, this is an interesting... Okay, so let's get nerdy for a minute. You could balance... You could make two pickups identical, but the frequency response effectively is always going to be different because of the position within the scale length. So, and to be fair, for years and years and years, Fender and Gibson made all their pickups the same. Middle, bridge, and neck were wound all the same. So, because it was intentional, that because the frequency response would be different because of where it was in the scale length, that you would have a different sound. So, you're never, it's never going to be that way. That's also why matched volume pots and matched tone pots don't matter. Because those, t those pots are doing, I mean, within reason. You don't want, like, a 250 and a 500. You don't want them way whacked out. But these people that get super... Berserko about matching pots, for example, or paying extra for matched pots, stupid, because every pickup is doing a different job anyway, and every knob is doing a different job for every different pickup, if that makes sense. You don't have two tones and two volumes aren't doing duplicating jobs, because the neck pickup volume pot is seeing something different voltage-wise. Uh, as well as frequency-wise, and those interact, then the bridge pickup is having a different frequency response as well as voltage than the neck. So it doesn't matter. You don't really have to be super nerdy about that. I mean, get them within reason so that they feel relatively the same. You know, you use one and use the other. You don't want them to be super wacky and different tapers and stuff. But you don't have to get super nerdy. So on the same token... Same thing with the pickups. Um, for example, okay, for example, this is our flat six pickup, bridge pickup for our telly, okay? Hashtag telly Tuesday. This is our neck pickup for our flat six telly pickup. Which one of these do you think is hotter? Guess what? It's the neck pickup. In the mid early mid-60s, from 63, 4 to 67 ish, that's the way Telly's pickups were made. The neck pickup was hot, had more winding on it. This is like 7.3K, and this is like 6.2K, something like that. But because the frequency response, it requires different things, they do different jobs, and they're in different places in the guitar. The actual output doesn't matter because of what you're trying to do. So that's why it's kind of dumb to just read a number on a page and go, oh, well, that'll never work. That being said, some stuff does work better than others, but it's not always what it seems. Interesting stuff. <laughs> Not too bad. This is a pretty interesting conversation. Mm. 
busting guitar myths. As we always do, right? I just add an external jack to my Katana Mini. Wow, that's pretty cool. So now you have a speaker cabinet. You're running a speaker cabinet with your Katana Mini. Did you choose the color for the baby amp grill? I did. So you could you could put um, all different. They have different backgrounds and different colors and different all that kind of stuff. Yep. Telecaster and a small tube amp. People seem very simple with all of this stuff. I dig that. I dig that. I'd have an acoustic. I don't even know that I would have an electric guitar. Um, when I travel, I bring an acoustic guitar with me. I never take an electric. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. Now that I have this little lamp, I do. I do have every once in a while. But yeah. Oh, a seventh high string. Interesting. So does it go E to C? Wait, that would be E. Yeah. So that would go from low E to a high C. That's really interesting. Very interesting. Hmm. Well, uh, I'm trying to think of what else I wanted to tell you guys today. I, I didn't have a whole lot. I just wanted to uh, spend some time chatting about that. I, it's interesting to think about um, what everybody's where everybody's mind goes on it, and. I am very interested to see that there's not a whole lot of unobtainium dreaming. And so I would encourage that. Like, do you want a 59 Les Paul? Say it. Well, I would never have one. I don't care if you think you could ever afford it. Do you want one? Ooh, would that be something that you're into? Um, I don't want a 59 Les Paul. I want a 57. I want a 57. On a 57 gold top with humbuckers in it, like the humbucker converted. That would that would be my ultimate guitar. I think, actually, my ultimate two guitar. See, hmm. I want from the Gibson side a 57 Les Paul gold top, a 59 Les Paul Junior in a double cut in TV yellow, like my. The one that my friend made me, only like a real one. And then I also, on the Fender side, I would want a 64 Tele and maybe like a 64 Strat. Something like that. Right in there. Other than that, I don't care. I don't care about vintage stuff that much. And if I could never have a vintage guitar, if, um, if it was not, if it never... If a good one never showed up, then I would just get a custom shop version of some old guitar. It'd probably have my pickups anyway, Anyway, so I don't really care about originality or any of that kind of stuff. I'm not one of these vintage guitar voodoo guys, really. Um, a PRS USA Acoustic. You know, I was going to look the other day. In fact, I'm just going to do this right now while I'm hanging out with you guys. Um, PRS acoustic. I, I don't know. Oh, they're called private stocks. So I don't know that I've ever played a PRS acoustic guitar. An American one. I've played SEs, a bunch of them. I don't know that I have ever played an American one. But I guess that's why... It's because they're all private stock, super fancy stuff, and I've never actually seen one. Oh, it says build to order. Sure does. Wow, this stuff is beautiful. Um, holy smokes, yeah. Alex Lifeson signature. wonder how much this stuff costs. Does anybody know how much one of these private stock acoustics cost? I'd be curious to know. Not that I'm going to go buy one. 
But does anybody know if you've ever looked? Do you know how much one of these private stock acoustics costs? Because it looks like it's build to order super custom stuff. Um, that's why I've never played one. I'd be interested though. I would be very interested. You don't specify which desert island. Bahrain has nice apartments and a good power grid. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I wonder how much one of those things cost. PRS. We got to find out. I, I got to know. For sale. Ten grand. Ten to thirteen, it looks like. Which that's that's fine. That I, I was wondering if it was gonna be more than that or less. That's that makes sense, actually. PRS Electric Acoustic Angeles Private Stock Custom Acoustic. $12,899. Um, yeah, here. I'll show you. This is pretty, pretty bonkers. Yeah, so we're looking at some very pretty over-the-top stuff. Look at that top. Look at that back. And then we got, it looks like ebony engraved into, or cut into maple birds. We've got ebony binding on all of this stuff. I mean, I'm assuming that's what it is. I love this negative bird, positive bird vibe. That's really, really cool. Look at that. Wow, look at that wood grain. Okay, so for those of you that are listening only on the podcast, we're looking at this super fancy guitar. And it's really, really pretty, so go look at the uh, YouTube version or the Spotify version of this if you can. Oh, come on. Now I'm stuck. Hang on. Yeah, wow. That's pretty neat. So that's not stupid money. I, I was expecting it to be way more expensive, um, to tell you the truth. Some of those custom, you know, the handmade acoustic stuff, in the United States right now is in that, you know, McPherson's are that all day long. Um, and I imagine they don't make a lot of them, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's a pretty guitar. Um, totally get that. HSS Strat, Helix, Coil Split, not sure what my power section would be, but it would be stereo. Ooh, all right. Rob F. says, as a lifelong Marylander, I feel like I should own a PRS someday. The, pro the problem is deciding which one. You know, just get one. They're good. Um, if you'll recall, when I first started this channel, I was not very keen on PRSs because I never found one that I really liked. And it took me a long time to find one that I really like. And now I have two that I really, really, really like. Uh, probably because they're the, the least PRS-y of all the PRSs. I don't like their humbuckers. I don't like how they sound. Uh, but the Fiore one, I really do. Um, but fit and finish and quality and just the way they play. and You don't have to touch them, mess with them. They're just good. They're just so good. The guitar is really, really good. Um, whether you like his marketing or not, and and they don't pay me to say anything. They did not. They're not paying me for the reviews on these pedals. Um, I could say that I hate them if I want, um, but I will. The stuff is good. It's really, really good. Um, I'm super impressed. What would be your suggestion to remedy an anemic bridge pickup in a melody? Um, probably replace it because it's probably just not good. Um, that's what I would do. That is what I would do. 
If you don't know, you can't afford it. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you don't. That mean doesn't mean you won't. Um, and can't afford is a dumb thing. I am an aspirational person. I'm always looking to, uh, you know, if it takes me years to accomplish something, I will be like, you know, I'm going to do this one day. And I'm going to have this thing one day. And if I keep it for a month and don't like it and find out I didn't like it, that's okay. But I want to know for myself. Um, so I will do it, even if it takes me a long time. And so I don't think the, yeah, you can't afford it. You'll never be able to afford it. That mentality just means that you never will. Um, where there's a will, there's a way, man. I'm a lot more positive than that, really. Uh, let's see. My PRS Custom 24 SE is awesome. It is. And I'm not a super fan of the pickups. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm the same way. The 8515 is sterile sounding. A lot of people use that word sterile with with um, PRS. And I, I take issue with that because... Um, okay. We did a podcast on this a few weeks ago. So I won't get too far into it. But there's a guitarist double standard where a PRS is too sterile. And a Gibson, the quality isn't good enough. So what do you want? Do you want it more inconsistent and have more character? Or do you want it to be perfect? You can't have both. Because you can't have something perfect without it. It's like a curve of like, if it's so perfect that it lacks character, that's not exciting. And I think, I, you know, that handmade kind of feel, because honestly, PRSs don't feel handmade. They are so perfect that they don't feel handmade. Where a Les Paul feels handmade. It feels like it's, it was hand-built. Um, and for the most part, it is, except for the CNC that cuts it out. All that binding's done by hand, all the finishing is done by hand, all the, you know, scraping and all the everything um it's all done by hand so there's some machines involved obviously but a prs doesn't feel like that and i think that's where some of that sterile comes from but you can't have both so do you want character or do you want sterile that's kind of my my take on that um clinical sounding yeah, I understand what you're saying. The PRSs, they have a, they do have like a, it's almost like you're listening to a recording of yourself instead of actually playing it, if that makes sense. Um, I feel like I'm listening to something I've already recorded in headphones rather than feeling something that I'm playing right now. It's like a bad modeling amp is kind of like that, where you feel disconnected from it. Like a good one, you don't feel, you know, like that Tone Master Princeton is awesome. Kempers are awesome. So, you know, this new stuff's awesome. But when modelers first came out, it was like you felt like you were just listening to yourself in headphones no matter what you did. And maybe PRS pickups do that for me. That's kind of. You like it with game, but you don't like it clean. I get that. I get that. Makes a lot of sense. And what's what's funny about that is my single coil PRS is because I have um, the Silver Sky and a Fiore. I love the clean. The, the, the PRS Silver Sky almost doesn't do gain well. It's like that guitar is clean. That guitar is for cleans. That's what I use it for. The end. That's all I use it for. Um, if I want to play dirty with single coils, I use my Fiore. If I want to play clean, I use my Silver Sky. It's really interesting. And the pickups aren't that much different, but they're also different enough to not be the same at all whatsoever. Uh, they act completely differently. They hit the amp completely differently. They sound completely differently. It's a really interesting thing. I need to do a video on that, like why those guitars are not the same, because they really are not the same. Yeah, that's an interesting, interesting perspective. 
It wouldn't make me not want to have one, though. I think the other thing with all this is it doesn't make a piece of gear bad because I have a friend who plays a PRS, and he makes it sound amazing. Um, and then I pick up his same guitar, and I just don't like how it sounds. But he sound, when I'm listening to him playing, he sounds awesome. I've got another friend uh, who's actually... Well, he's passed away now, obviously, James Brown. But he's James Brown's guitar player. He was when James Brown was alive. I'm from Augusta, Georgia, so James Brown. Anyway, um, my buddy's got this PRS that PRS made for him when he was with James Brown. And it's single, single hum, I think. And he only uses the middle pickup, ever. He uses the middle pickup clean into a bandmaster with a tube screamer that's his entire rig and he can make that guitar sound like whatever he wants and he only ever uses one pickup so i think a lot of it has to do with what we personally can get out of a particular piece of gear it doesn't make it suck it's just i can't do it but he can you know what i mean like so that there's a thing about that it's kind of interesting yeah the fiore seems so versatile dude it's it is, man. Yeah, I will tell you, it is, at its core, it is a funk machine. Like, when you listen to Skinny Puppy or you listen to any of that Mark Fiore music, you can understand why that guitar does what it does. Because it is, it is a funk machine. Like, it is really, I don't know, it's made to do that. But it does everything else, too. Um... It does everything else, too. It's really, really fun. I want to play in a band again just so I can play that guitar. Like, I haven't played with anybody for a while uh, since COVID. So, and I, I've thought about that. I'm like, I want to play just so I can play that guitar and do a bunch of different stuff with it. It would just be really, really fun. Can we see your tattoo on your right arm? Um, so, this one is my right arm. It's uh, a guitar pick with a dragon on it. <laughs> um, yeah. Paul's early single coils take the EG. Interesting. I don't know much about his early guitars. What's a good modern guitar with P90s, or how hard is it to put P90s into a humbucker route. So we make a really good humbucker size P90 that will go into a humbucker route. Um, we have them on the website at Dylan Talks Tone. They're awesome and they'll drop straight in and they sound really good. Um, if you want real P90s, I would recommend, okay, so everybody get in the comments. I would say it depends what your budget is. Um, but off the top of my head, is the Revstar, the Yamaha Revstar available in P90s? That would be a cool guitar. Um, hang on, we got a super chat we got to take care of real quick, and we'll get back to that, because that's a really cool question. Thoughts on the Squire Starcaster with wide-range pickups? Those pickups suck, Ivan. I don't like them at all. Um, if you were going to buy that guitar, I would tell you to go buy the Lawler wide range pickups and put them in that guitar. And you would not be disappointed. You would also not have lunch money for a month, but you would not be disappointed because that thing, those, those pickups are fantastic. They're better than the rewinds that we do. And I'm not doing those rewinds. In fact, I don't think I'm gonna do those rewinds anymore. They were really a pain. Um, so yeah. Uh, other P90s. Uh, let's let's see. Other P90s guitars right now. Any of the Gibson stuff. Get a Gibson um, special. Any of the any of the specials with P90s in them. Um, the SG Junior that I've got back there was thirteen hundred bucks. It's a Gibson, like a real Gibson, and it's great. Sounds fantastic. Um, other P90 guitars, Friedman, if you want to get up into like the $3,000 range. 
Uh, I think they use Lawlers. I think they use Lawlers in their guitars. I can't remember. Um, I've got a Baritone Tele over here that's got P90s in it. Um, any of the Noventa Fender stuff. Those pickups suck, but call me and get some pickups from me, and the thing will sound fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say any cheap guitar that sets up good, that plays well, and then just call me and get pickups. Reverend has a whole line of guitars with P90s in it for reasonable money. You know, thousand bucks ish. You know, so there's a couple of couple of ideas for you. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think that Yamaha Revstar is a really cool. I'm not in the market for one right now, so I won't probably won't buy one. But that's something that I've been thinking about. If one of you wants to buy one, uh, I will tell you, I would love to have a, a Revstar in the shop. Um, so let me say this. If one of you would like to own one, I will buy it. I will put pickups in it. And then I will sell it to you for what I paid for it. If you want to do that. And you'll end up with new pots and cap and pickups and stuff. And we'll make a video about it. Because I'd really like to do that. I just don't want to buy the guitar because I don't need it. So if one of you wants a Yamaha Revstar. Or a Reverend. Or any of that stuff. Hit me in the email. And tell me. And I'll buy the guitar and have it shipped here. And then... Uh, you can pay me for it, and then I will put pickups in it. We'll do some videos about it. You'll get free, cool pickups, and we'll work it all out. If that's something that you're into, that'd be cool. Because I'll just buy it from Sweetwater is how I do it. <clears throat> Lollers are great, but you won't eat for about two months. They're $320 a piece. Dude, they're expensive. Those pickups are expensive. And now you understand why I don't make them. And the reason is, is the parts. The parts are proprietary to that size of pickup. So you're doing a whole different tooling for everything. Um, and, 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 and the scale is too small. What I mean by that is, you know, like we're going to ship this week. We're going to ship. Twenty tele pickups sets. If we were sold wide ranges, we would sell four sets a month. So it's not worth. It's not worth it. I just can't do it. It's like um, the tooling cost and everything to have it all happen. It doesn't make sense. So that's kind of why, and that's why you don't see them on everybody's website for 129 bucks. Now you can get like crappy GFS stuff and all that, but you know. Just stopping to say hi was distracted by the World Cup. I will catch the replay tomorrow. Thanks, Nick. Nick's actually in the UK, I believe. He just ordered something yesterday as well. Got my first looper. That's pretty cool. Excellent. I have a Gibson P9 SG with P90s, and it's noisy as hell, but I use a decimator pedal, and it works great, and it keeps it quiet. Um, our P90s are a lot quieter than those Gibsons if you want to give them a shot. Um, we just, I don't know why, but we just have a thing, and they are quieter. Um, it also depends on the rest of your rig, too, but sounds like you got it pretty sorted with the decimator, so that's cool, too. Um, I'm getting an itch to get maple fretboards after getting rosewood my whole life. Hey man, I, you know, this is one of those things that I think 
I haven't even said this yet this whole hour, and it's 4.50. I'm just going to say this. People put way too much thought into fretboard material. If you like the way it looks, buy the guitar. If you, and it's not uncomfortable to you. But the thing is, is if the fret radius, the fretboard radius is the same, if the neck profile is the same, if the fret size is the same, it will feel the same. And people are going to be like, yeah, but, you know, maple is brighter. I'm like, I mean, and I said this last night. I'm like, hang on. Hey, this pickup's brighter now, too. You know, you don't see tone. Don't don't stress about it. Just play the guitar. Keith H. Thanks for the super chat, dude. You did not ask a question with it, so I will try to catch it. If you did. Um... I don't see where you asked a question. Dude, Dylan, that doesn't help me. 70,000 plus people going for one rev star. Thank you, though. Oh, I'll get you one. If, if you want one, don't worry about that. I got a guy who has a guy. I, if you want one, I'll... If, if it's really something that you're into, shoot me an email. I can make it happen. I'm not stressing about that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, not a big deal at all. We can, we can make that happen. Um, yeah. Oh, Keith said I answered his question. Good. I'm not sure why, but maple fretboards look odd to me. You know, it's funny. Uh, my, I was going to kind of, I was hoping that the Fiore would come out with a rosewood fretboard. And I just kind of realized that it wouldn't because Mark Letary doesn't, he wants maple. So that's what it's going to be. And it's a signature guitar. So I just did it anyway. And I have grown to love, I'm not going to say I've grown to love, the very first time I played that guitar. I loved it. And I think, is it the only maple fretboard guitar I have? I think it's the only maple fretboard guitar I have at all, anywhere. I think it's the only one. And I really, really, because I like the way Rosewood looks. Um, but I'm also trying to, uh, I'm really trying to walk the walk and not just talk it about um, not, about being bound to certain building materials with guitars. I, I really believe um, that you can make a guitar out of anything and make it sound good. And until guitar players let go of certain ideas, we are constantly, there's going to be companies that struggle because of availability. There's going to be companies that struggle because they don't know how to sell a material that guitar players don't like. Rich Light, for example, um, or Walnut uh, as a as a side for an acoustic guitar. I have one that Gibson G hole is Walnut. It's fantastic. Um, companies like Cole Clark are never going to be huge in the United States until people really get it out of their head that it has to be something that it could be something other than you know maple rosewood. Uh, what else? Maple, rosewood, mahogany, you know, all the normal acoustic guitar woods. I think, and, and when we quit saying, well, this particular wood is warm, this particular wood is 73 degrees, this particular wood is dark, this particular wood is just play the guitar. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. Um, it's good. So it's funny, after, um, after a the video that I did about Paul Reed Smith and my thoughts about why he thought I think he's dumb for making such a big deal about Tonewood, 
Um, well, I'm not saying he's dumb. I just he's very intelligent, and I really appreciate everything he's brought to the guitar world. So let me say that. But I disagree with him about how much he makes a big deal about that. Somebody emailed me and sent me a message and said, "Hey, I can't tell you where I work, but my job." is and he said and i know you don't have to believe me but i do because of the what he told me it makes a lot of sense his job is to pick wood uh he said mostly ebony and maple i think and his job is to pick good pieces of wood and it's based on grain density and the moisture content whether it's a good piece of wood or a bad piece of wood and the long and the short of it was a good piece of wood makes a better difference to the guitar than what species it is, if that makes sense. I got a super chat here. I got to go back to. Hang on one second. Thank you for the super chat, my friend. Richard Ryan, just because your reviews are better and more commonsensical than anyone else's. I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot because I feel like my reviews never do well. Our review videos like suck when it comes to analytics like everybody else makes a review they get like a hundred thousand views on some video about a tone master i get like two thousand views on it it's a it's a it's an uphill battle for me reviews and i really like doing them because i like being objective about it i like that so back to this tonewood thing thank you for the super chat too uh back to this tonewood thing he was saying that it's more important to have a good piece of wood and there's more, it's more important to have, and he's talking acoustic or electric, doesn't matter. Um, because there can be so much variance within a species that it doesn't matter what species it is. So you could have a good piece of poplar be make a way better guitar than a bad piece of alder. You could have a really good cedar top sound better than a spruce top that's not good on an acoustic guitar. Species is not the thing. It's not about the species. It's about the quality of the wood. It's about the quality control. So it's about the moisture content, the grain density per inch and however the thickness and density per weight and all that. Um, that's what's more important than anything. And so not to say that wood doesn't matter, obviously, because we have to build the guitar out of it. But... Uh, that translates then into a good guitar because if you make it out of a wet piece of something, it's going to sound like a wet piece. Of, it's going to feel more than sound like a wet piece of something. You, we've all played like a seven-pound Telecaster, Mexican Telecaster, where the wood was just like, good grief, this thing's like playing a brick. You know what I mean? And it just wasn't that inspiring because you could just it was like playing a brick. So in that respect it's really important to have a good good materials but good materials are better than what the material actually is high quality materials are better than uh, make more of a difference to the end product than what name is on the piece of wood um, and he, he had a whole reasoning for that and how how they tested and I was like oh this that makes a lot of sense actually and because it, it's something we've preached on this channel many many times is it's not even about I don't care what what it's made out of but if the, if the density of the material is correct and the weight of it is correct and the density per thickness is correct, then you're going to make a cool guitar. Is it going to sound exactly like something from 1957? Probably not, but we're in 2022. Who cares? So it's a really interesting perspective to take. And once people start letting go of all the dumb tone words and just play cool guitars and dream about them, and be like, I want to try this. I want to try something. Then we'll, then we'll, we're gonna make it somewhere. We're gonna make it. Uh, we're gonna make headway in that. Your pick from your shop: replacement pickups for an Ibanez Geo, cheap guitar that I'm upgrading. It has a new neck now. Blues and jam bands, center punch, for sure, and put coil splits on it. And you will have all of, do coil splits, maybe do some phasey stuff. Um, and you'll probably be able to get a Geo. Does that have a center single coil? Because what would be really fun, 
does a geo have a center co single coil? I can't remember. Um, put two humbuckers in it to put the two um, center punches in it and the single coil in the middle. And you could get all the Jerry Garcia jam bandy stuff you ever wanted or like the Trey Anastasio kind of stuff. Because you can coil split those center punches and the volume doesn't drop. So DylanTalksTone.com, look for center punch, try that stuff. That's what I would do with that guitar. That would be really, really, really cool. Um, what was that crazy dark wood that you... Let's see. On the 60s Gary Moore Replica Strat. I played this prototype of that guitar. I think it was just Rosewood. It was just a regular Strat, really. It wasn't ebony. I've played that guitar. John Cruz has that, the um, prototype of that, because he's the one that built that. And I got to play that thing last year. Got a picture of it right here. Let me see if I can remember. Here it is. I think it's just rosewood. It's pretty dark though, you're right. It's very, very dark. But that's prototype number one right there. Of the Gary Moore Stratocaster. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I got to play a bunch of his stuff. What do you think about a lipstick pickup in an HSH build? That'd be an interesting setup. Um, we don't make lipsticks anymore. I used to. Same thing. Parts just got too expensive. They're really, really low output. So I would put in an HSH situation, I would get a set of our DAF humbuckers and put a lipstick pickup in the middle. The coronet for your P90. Ooh, that's an interesting idea. That's crazy. I came to you for reviews first. Somehow with your very opinionated takes, it teaches me. <laughs> oh, man. You know, okay. And I, it's 5 o'clock, so I've got to go pretty soon. But I'm just going to give you my, this is my entire take on reviews. First of all, I am one of the very, and I'm not going to say I'm one of the very few. That's that's not fair. Um. I hold the, let me just, how do I want to say this? I know that some guitar folks on the YouTubes are accused of giving reviews in certain ways so that they can get more free stuff. I know that for sure. I know that that is not fair to them because I know the majority of them are on the up and up these are I mean I know a lot of these guys in person and they are they're on the up and up they're cool dudes there are some people that are not but they don't make it if you're not honest with your reviews you're not gonna make it so I my take on a review of a product there's two things two things one is if the product truly sucks, you're never going to see it on my channel. Um, I used to review sucky stuff and run it over with my Jeep. You probably recall that. I stopped doing that. We only did it a couple times. So if it's bad, you're never going to see it. And when I say bad, I mean stuff I don't like. Um, or stuff I think nobody will like. Where I think reviewers get things wrong is they will take a, a video like this, okay? A video, this, this particular pedal right here. And they will say, well, it's not really much like a clon, so it kind of sucks. Or it doesn't do anything. It, you know, it's, it's wrong. It's, it's, not, it's a dumb name and it's a clon, but it's not a clon. And so therefore, negative review. That's not me. The way I feel about something like this is, yes, it's a dumb name. That's why we're calling it the Ikea Meatball from now on. On this channel, this is the Ikea Meatball. 
Next, it is not Klani in my opinion. However, it is very cool. It is very versatile, and there's going to be a lot of people that like it. And I'm going to tell you the kind of people that I think will like this pedal. Even if you don't like it, that doesn't mean it sucks. If I don't like it, that doesn't mean it sucks. But there's going to be people out there that are going to really like this thing. It's really cool. Is it worth what it costs is a stupid question. Because it's worth what it costs to the person that likes it, and it's not worth what it costs to the person that doesn't. And it is not if what something is worth is based on the dollars and not on the fun factor, then it will never be worth it to you. If you focus on how much it costs and not on the dollars per smile, that's what I call it, the dollars per smile. If it's got a high dollars per smile uh, ratio, then it doesn't matter because you're going to like it and you're going to have fun and you're going to get value from it. But if you value cheapness, then you're not going to like it. Those are the things that I, I care about when I do a review. And most gear, um, most gear is good. There isn't any bad gear in 2022. There is gear that's not for you. There's gear that you'll never buy because you will find no value in it whatsoever. But that doesn't make it bad gear. It just means it's not for you. So when we do a review, I want to place that. I want to say, okay, this little thing right here, who is this for and who is going to find value in it? Well, I think everybody finds value in it, but then there's going to be a bunch of two bad people. It sucks and it's stupid and blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's fine. It's not for you. But here's the people that I think it's for. And I think that's a different way of doing a review than just saying, is the product good or bad? Because in 2022, there's so little bad gear now that it doesn't even make sense to say that. And it also doesn't make sense. Uh, it, it, one of the things I really want to do is get into the mind of the marketing folks who they intended it for. Because if they didn't intend this $300 overdrive pedal for you, um, if you play, you know, a, a more budget selection and you enjoy that and you value the money in your pocket more than you value what this pedal can do for you, totally fine. Totally fine. But that also goes to show that this pedal was not marketed for you. This pedal was marketed for somebody else. And so trying to figure out who each of those people is, place it in the right place, do a review, and all the while say exactly what I think about it. And if we'll, they don't like, uh, if Gibson doesn't like the fact that I call their, their hole a G-hole and they never send me a guitar again, that's fine. I don't care. Because I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. So I'm going to do it my way but we're going to make sure that we're fair to the brand and let people know where it belongs in the market. It's really important, and I think a lot of reviewers get that wrong. So there's my little spiel on that. You guys are awesome. I got a jet. Thanks for hanging out, and uh, we will talk to you tomorrow when we do the news.